Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. This is a show that helps you become a more effective student. My name is Thomas Frank, and I'm here in my room with my friend Martin Bamey. Martin, how's it going, dude? It's uh, going pretty well. It's little, going pretty well. Still recovering from rollerblading in the cold wind. <laughs> it's because but, it was like 50 mile you know, an hour winds. You know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, the skate park session was good. You know, um, we have not painted like a visual picture for our friends listening here of what the room looks like, but like, I feel like a hermit right now. <laughs> yeah, well, from this end, you seem like a mysterious boss villain. Ooh, ooh, no, I, I know what I am. I'm the Wizard of Oz right now. The Wizard of Oz. All I need you is a what? gigantic talking green head. That's fair. On a screen somewhere. You could do that in your YouTube videos. I could do that. Just add a video to this oh. podcast episode and put a talking green head. So Casey Neistat Profit. has, um, I don't know if you probably don't watch his blogs or vlogs because you don't watch videos. That is true. Because you're a nerd. Uh, or maybe maybe I'm the nerd. But he has uh, in the past had this small little TV next to the door to his office. And he's got a camera out in the hallway so he can see who comes to the door. And he just <laughs> recently replaced it with like this gigantic flat screen TV, probably like a 45 inch and he turned it sideways. So it's vertical and it's right next to the door. So anytime anyone comes up, they can just basically stick their face in the camera and be the wizard of Oz on the monitor. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty dope. So I'm just going to do that. All right. But yeah, to paint the picture for people, um, we have like one of those Japanese divider wall things, like the folding ones. I don't, is it is it Japanese? I don't know. I saw it as like listed as like Asian divider wall. I don't know. On uh, I mean, on Amazon, it probably was purchased in America, and probably the makers didn't even bother to tell what country it really. I don't know. It's true. It okay. Generic so generic Asian you know thing what? is probably what it was in Walmart. In Mario, uh, what is it? Super Mario 3D World. Oh, there yeah, are yeah, yeah. those like there's that temple whole, levels. There's that whole level. Right. And there's like style. those sliding doors and they look like that. And then I think like in Spirited Away in the bathhouse that it looks like that, except for it folds up. So we have that plus a blanket draped over because otherwise yeah, us, being, ghetto. <laughs> uh, us being in the same room, if we don't have that, I go into your mic and you go into my mic and it gets really echoey. And that adds like six hours of editing time per episode. So yeah, I'm it, very happy it's this worked weird, out. though, because since we're in the same room and we can't see each other, it's as if I'm talking to somebody who's hiding in their closet for no reason. It's true. Well, I just don't want to come out and face you're the bo- world. You're both here having a conversation with me, but you're not here <laughs> at the same time. Isn't that what podcasting is all about, though? You're like vicariously having a conversation with people who are just not there. You're blowing my mind right now. Dude, I mean, like when I'm, I listen to Hello Internet in the car and I'll just be like, whoa, responding to stuff they say. That's not right. Come on. (laughs) That's it. That's the episode. That's too deep. We're good. That's true. Actually, yeah. To to get further off topic, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. So in the latest Hello Internet, Gray uh, was talking about this video he made where he he talks about the Star Trek transporter. And um, okay. The Star Trek transporter (laughs) essentially would, you know, disassemble all of your atoms and then it needs to reassemble you in the exact same pattern somewhere else. Like, that's the only way it could work, right? Yes. Uh, but doesn't that mean you die and a copy of you that thinks it's you appears in the next place? See, that's that's what I would assume until yeah. proven otherwise. But I, I do think that we're probably a little lacking in exact perfect knowledge of how consciousness works still. It's true. We are. I mean, I'm going to assume that, though. I assume the, like, dark, creepy 
<laughs> yes, you're technically dying thing because it makes for cooler stories. It's true. Well, I do. Th- you and I have had conversations about, you know, what like uploading your consciousness to a computer. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't like your the consciousness that you currently inhibit would not experience the transition and wake up on the other side. It would be a copy of you. So you would yeah. have to slowly potentially just augment your brain until hopefully the transition was made while there was one yeah, so continuous like break. Slowly I consciousness. put computer chips into my brain and eventually yes. I can just be plugged into the machine rather than copied to it. Yeah, it's like the ship of Theseus kind of stuff, which is what he talks about in the video. I should write down to put that video in the show notes because hmm. uh, it's pretty interesting. But I was going to ask you, like uh, he, he poses the question, you know, you have a lapse in consciousness when you sleep at night. Are you dying and and waking up as a new person every morning? Oh, I have, I have like <laughs> heard people uh, try to pose it like that, and uh, mm-hmm. my answer to that is, uh, I don't know. But if I think about it too hard and I start to lean in one direction, it'll start to get scary. So I'm just, you know, I'm not gonna think about it too hard right now. I think I, I rationalized it pretty well in my head. I was like, if you're defining death like that, then I don't know. Yeah, I just, death has no meaning at that point. I feel that doesn't fit with my my definition personally of what a singular person and consciousness is. I count sleeping yeah. because like I'm still experiencing things. I have dreams that I remember upon waking up. There it's like I'm still kind of conscious, just not, you know, fully. Yeah, there was a good answer on a Reddit thread. It was like um your consciousness isn't, isn't really breaking. It's just that your brain is just like is outputting different levels stuff. of neurotransmitters and uh, brainwave frequency is going to a different level. So it's just a different type of brain activity, uh, but it's still, it's still technically conscious, just not yeah. how you imagine consciousness is usually. Yeah. Although if you really wanted to though, I'm sure you could twist the definitions to like make it sound really dark and scary though. It's true. You probably could. <laughs> There's this existential comic that I'll link semantics. to in the show notes. That's it's pretty good. Uh, pretty interesting thought experiment there. Anywho, this is not what we planned on talking about. Not today. even slightly. Not even slightly. No, today we're talking about eating, uh, not sleeping. Yeah. So today we are going to talk about how to eat cheaply, healthily, and quickly. Three adjectives that are not always applicable to my diet, unfortunately, but I'm, well, I am always. trying and I know you are too. So yeah, I mean, you picked this topic. So I mean, what do you got planned for us, man? Well, I kind of want to break down each section, the the cheaply, the healthily, and the quickly separately because they're each their own challenge. Mm-hmm. And personally, as I've been trying to learn how to do these, I don't think I could have done it all at once. Okay. First, I learned how to cook cheaply or healthily. Then I started trying to cut my food costs. So I focused on cheapness while already using my internalized health patterns. And yeah. then with... Uh, unfortunately the arm thing so I my arm injury doesn't let me cook as much as I want so I've learned how to cook efficiently and quickly in yeah. ways that I can do so I think these are very different and distinct challenges dude this reminds me of have you have you ever seen the good fast cheap pick two graph or uh, I've picture? seen things like that but I don't think that specific one not referring to food I've seen it referring to like Study, I've seen study sleep and social life and lots of triangles of that nature, you know. Well, I've seen it referred to like in context of basically any service you could have. Like you just have a triangle and it's like uh, you could have it done 
really well and fast, but it's going to cost you a lot. Or we could do it really cheaply and fast, but it's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah like there are limits to yeah. what you can do. Or, or fast and good, but it will cost you a lot. Um, that's going to apply here, I think, to some degree, right? Because we're kind of, yeah. like, we're kind of establishing this pinnacle, like this hopeful place you can get to where it's cheap, good, and quick. Whereas in the real world, you're unlikely to perfectly match all of yeah. them. Yeah, or it's not going to happen right away, at least. Yeah, it'll it'll either take a lot of time to figure out how to do it right, mm-hmm. or you're just going to have to. What are your personal preferences? For me, I sacrifice cheaply in order for to get healthily and quickly, since I have no choice but to cook in ways that are efficient for my arms. Right. But maybe if I didn't have that, I would say I'm willing to spend a little more time cooking to save money. It's up to your personal preference on mm-hmm. which of these are the most important challenges to tackle. You know what I think we should do is I want to know what is your personal definition of eating healthily because I know certain people that we are friends with consider eating to just be like this thing that keeps you alive and think no further about it. Uh, now, I think of food very differently, but what when you're trying to think of like, I need to eat healthy, like what does that even mean though? Well, for me, a lot of it is... I've got this idea that a healthy meal to me feels like I've got some sort of protein, some sort of good vegetable, and some sort of starchy carb source. It mm-hmm. feels like I'm getting some of everything. It feels balanced to me. And the reason I care about health, this started out a, a long time ago, is because I I used to get sick a lot. It turns out I couldn't have dairy. And then once I took that out, I thought to myself, well, what else can food do if realizing this section of food was hurting me? Are other things making me more tired or unable to think as well? Mm -hmm. And then we ended up watching one semester a long time ago. I don't remember now. But we watched Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Oh, yeah, that documentary. That documentary about the guy who juiced, yeah. Yeah. And he would his his purpose was losing a bunch of weight <laughs> and all of this stuff, but I had recently quit dairy and was still very interested in well, what's what's food like? I've never thought about food until I had to limit it. Mm-hmm. Limitation breeds creativity and all that. So, <clears throat> like with tweets. Yeah. Yeah. So that video what it told me was I'm not eating enough plants. I didn't need to juice them. Just yeah. I grew up not eating vegetables. So maybe we should tell people what that documentary is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just, That's true. I'll lay it out a little bit. Lay it out. Cause th- this was, uh, I think it was like beginning of 2012, I think. Cause we were still in the on campus. That, that sounds right. Time, that sounds right. Chilling out on the dorm furniture and everything. Uh, we found this documentary. So it's called fat, sick and nearly dead. It's like this dude, he's overweight. And I don't think like he wasn't super overweight. Was he? I he don't just kind of think portly. so. I think he just had a lot of motivation. Yeah. Oh, you know what it was? Okay. I think I remember he's like, it's Australian dude. He wasn't like massively huge, right? Like he was just, he looked unhealthy, but his doctor said, dude, you're super unhealthy and you're like going to die if you don't eat better. It's always nice to hear. So what the guy decides to do is uh, he buys a juicer and it's like a, just a machine that, It's not a blender because a blender just blends something up and like all the fiber of the fruit or vegetables still there. Like a juicer literally tears up the produce and extracts the juice out of it. And you have like 
one end that spits out the juice into a cup and it's all like frothy and it smells kind of weird. And then the other end like poops out the fibers and you throw it away or feed it to horses or something. Uh, you don't eat it. And so the, the guy's like, I'm going to take a road trip across America with the juicer in the back of my car and I'm going to literally eat nothing. Uh, I will only drink juice for like a year or some some weird arbitrary amount of time or maybe it was like 90 days and he like lost a ton of weight and then he meets this trucker from Iowa who is horrendously overweight and like basically convinces the guy to do the same thing he loses a ton of weight so the documentary is like oh yeah I just juiced vegetables to lose a bunch of weight so <laughs> my friend Clyde and I try this I fail after yeah that, that didn't go very far for you <laughs> I in, failed in a after way. literally one day I could not stand it anymore. I had to go get a cheeseburger. Clyde lasted 12 days uh, to his credit. Now he was actually trying to lose weight. I was just doing it with him to try to be the supportive friend. And I think that there was like a lack of motivation on my side. Turns out when you're hungry, you really do need to be it's, motivated. It's almost like your body craves food. Yeah, almost. It's almost like that. What we learned about the juicing thing, though, is um, number one, if you are only going to juice, it's ridiculously expensive to get all the calories you need through juice. Like it's it's nuts. Yeah. So on a college budget, like I think we were doing the calculations and we were like, this is like 15 to 20 bucks a day to get all the juice we need. Like it, we just couldn't do it. But over the course of the summer that followed that semester, I started juicing once a day, just like as a little supplement. And I felt so good all the time. So it was kind of like the thing that you experienced where like, oh my gosh, eating plants makes me feel good. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah. So that's that documentary. And I mean, you you kind of went real serious with it. Yeah. Uh, it's like a bit of a different me. direction. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with juicing or anything like that because I wasn't trying to lose weight. In fact, I was trying to gain weight. Yeah. But... Essentially, I grew up eating only meat, potatoes, and bread. I know I'm not the only one. Uh, that's definitely just a thing. For some reason, that entire food group, vegetables, is just like the villain of food for <laughs> some reason. And it's the one group that people will cast the whole group out. But You know what? I think, I think the reason vegetables get such a bad rap is because they're like the one food group that's really hard to make it taste good in a convenient like oh, yeah. super you have to easy like, thing. Like I like all my vegetables cooked in certain ways. Yeah. It's you don't just pick it up and love it necessarily. It's at least mm -hmm. an acquired taste, if yeah. not something you have to learn how to make good. Like these days the I I freaking love like a salad with as many like as much of a variety of vegetables as I can get in it and I don't even want dressing on them. But growing up I wasn't a huge fan of vegetables and the reason for it is because um our family would not saute vegetables. They wouldn't really put a whole lot of effort into it. It was literally just frozen bags of vegetables from the grocery store in a microwave, maybe a little bit of butter on it in the microwave if we're lucky, and then that was it. That only know? works for certain vegetables for me. Yeah. Some of those I really, really don't like in those little steamer bags. Like, Yeah, so I actually grew up thinking Brussels sprouts were the most disgusting thing ever, like to the point where I would almost throw up if I had to eat one. Because that's how my mom would make them, just throw them in the microwave, like, about to have vegetables with dinner, so we're doing it this way. Uh, and I, I went my whole life thinking they were gross, and then we went to this Italian restaurant called, I think it's called Plus 39, or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's 39. I always get them confused, because Plus 44 is a band. Yeah, it's that's Plus... Like Blink it's, I think it's 39. 
plus 39 in names, and they have a dish called cavatelli, which is literally just Brussels sprouts, but they are, I think they're boiled, and then they are cooked in like, not bacon grease, but like the grease of a better meat. I don't remember what kind of meat it is. Cooked in some sort of delicious it's fat. Some, yeah, some delicious fat, and they like mix it with cheese, and they throw in like this really fancy Italian meat, and oh my God, they are now my favorite vegetable. I kid you not, like Brussels sprouts are one of my favorite foods now if they're cooked right. So I, I think I think vegetables just require the most effort to make them. Yeah, they're work. not accessible. But I think there are things you can do to make them more accessible. Uh, and maybe we can launch off there because like, I don't know, at least if, if I were to judge my own food habits, like a very e- easy improvement I could make is just like e- eating more vegetables. Yeah. Plus the fact that vegetables don't have a whole lot of calories in in them, but they do fill you up quickly means that if you get enough vegetables, you're likely to not be as hungry and not be as susceptible to like cheap sources of uh, calories and carbs. Yeah. And then, uh, so tackling this accessibility Mm -hmm. was really something I had to do after watching that documentary because my, my mission was I went vegan the next month, not, not for any uh, moral or philosophical reasons, but to literally say, you're going to learn to eat vegetables. And if you don't, you're going to be very hungry for the month of February. Mm-hmm. So sorry. And I thought you were crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I felt so much energy during that month that I stayed yeah. vegetarian for the next two years. So the big question it felt great. that I always had about like veganism is like, okay, you're not getting meat, but you're also not getting eggs. You're not getting, well, you can't drink milk anyway, but like, yeah, I can't drink you're cutting anyway. out a lot of sources of calories. So how did you get enough food to have energy? I like, I realized like you had all the micronutrients kind of down, all the vitamins and minerals down, but yeah, it seems like it's hard to be vegan and eat enough. Well, I, and I don't know if this is necessarily the best way because I literally jumped into it with like two days of barely research because mm-hmm. I was so motivated to just eat vegetables and deal with it. But I had a lot of like tofu and stuff like potatoes and rice filling stuff. Mm -hmm. And nuts also are a good source of protein and uh, calories. I'm sure that there are better ways to do that, but I haven't. I've been eating eggs and stuff for so long that I don't even know now. I guess falafel. Falafel. Oh, yeah. Falafel is so good. You're right. That solves the whole thing. I love falafel. Yeah. We went to a random falafel place and only, only once I got into it, did I see the sign on the wall that said, we are strictly vegetarian. And I was like, oh Oh, man, come on. I've seen Avengers. Give me some swarma. But no, they didn't have it. So I got like this falafel sandwich and it was freaking delicious. Falafel is one of my favorite foods. It is really good. Yeah. I got to say like, it's not my favorite, but I like it a lot. Shawarma might be one of my favorites, but I've only ever had it in San Francisco. So I guess I have to go back to San Francisco to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So on the topic of what makes a healthy meal, I mean, obviously like adding more vegetables in is uh, definitely one of the best things you can do. Uh, So what do you do now to get enough vegetables in your diet? Well, I've been trying to make a point to organize my meals again around a vegetable uh, a protein and a starch and I try Mm -hmm. to I'll accept if I just don't want to try certain vegetables for now 
And if I'm feeling lazy, I'll just pick, I'll pick a staple that I know I'm okay with now. Like, uh, like green what? beans. Okay. I like, I like the steamed green beans. Like you just. Like the steamer some, bags? Yeah. That's okay. one of the vegetables that I like that way. Whereas I hate broccoli steamed in yeah. those bags, but fresh broccoli sauteed in some olive oil with spices mm-hmm. is really good. So oh, the so preparation good. of vegetables makes such a huge difference. Oh my gosh. Like Anna and I sometimes buy like those stir fry vegetables, the ones that are pre-seasoned. Yeah. Like they're super gross. Yeah. I but just, if you make the same thing the fresh, from fresh, fresh ones, stuff, it's really, really good. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess another thing that I've been doing semi recently was until I ran out of carrots, I had some baby carrots in the fridge and every time I open the fridge mindlessly to look for snacks, which I do like 400 times a day, <laughs> I would eat one baby carrot. Oh, that's cool. So like, that's like one of those if-then habits. Yes. Okay. And it's a baby carrot, right? So it's it's small. It's like a little little snack. Through that, I was also keeping myself a little more full okay. throughout the day and uh, eating more vegetables. And the thing about the vegetables is half the reason, half the reason that so many people grow up and don't like them is just because they're not used to them. Sure, they're they're not as accessible. It's hard to make them good. But a lot of it is a mental block yeah. as well where you're just like, nope, that this doesn't taste like food. I'm pretty sure this isn't food, guys. I've, I've only had meat and bread, and this doesn't taste like either of those. Yep. But in that case, you just got to think of them as an acquired taste where eventually you're like, your mind gets used to it and says, I, I've had that. I've had that. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's food. We're okay here. Yeah. And just through eating a little baby carrot every time I open the fridge, you know, naturally the first the first few times I had carrots, I didn't really like them that much. But now I barely even think about it when I'm eating them. There's no gag reflex, there's no even a second thought. And mm-hmm. the same thing applies to like spinach, which is another thing that I f- thought was a really accessible vegetable at first and along with peppers and onions even though peppers are botanically a fruit, but whatever. Wait, really? Yeah, botanically. I don't know nutritionally. I, I always treat them like a vegetable anyway. One of my friends told me that uh, botanically there's actually no such thing as a vegetable. Yeah, I think it's just kind of like a catch-all for things that aren't fruits but are plants. Yeah, interesting. So there's a fun fact, I guess. Dude, I, I love eating spinach. I eat fresh spinach like it's potato chips now. Yeah. Which you actually turn kale into chips. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I forgot I did that. I haven't done that in a while. I forgot how, to, how you I do that. I should do that. Was it like just kale and olive oil? And I just literally, it? yeah, I just bought a big old leaf of kale, rinsed it off, and then like tore it into little pieces, little chip-sized pieces, and then like tossed them in olive oil and spices and baked them for some amount of time at some temperature, obviously. But those That's... were really good to the point that I just would eat an entire giant thing of kale in the form of these very lightly roasted kale chips. Sweet. So that's a pretty cool way, I guess. And that's a really healthy vegetable. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so going back to what you said about how vegetables sort of just, you get used to them essentially. Yeah. Um, that's what even happened with juicing. Cause like, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. How was the that juice, at first? The juice doesn't taste good. Like you can try to juice up fruits to make it taste better. I don't recommend juicing a banana. That's, that's a, that's, you're going to have a bad time, but <laughs> like an apple or a strawberry or something, that's good. But you know, certain vegetables just have like a weird taste when you juice them. Uh, carrots, beets were okay. I thought like cucumbers make really weird tasting juice. It's just something that you kind of slam. But I noticed that as I was doing it every day, I'd get used to it. 
Uh, and the same thing with eating salads. I would eat salads in high school uh, and my friends would make fun of me. I find this so ironic to think about <laughs> now, but like in high school, we had a la carte, we had hot lunch and we had salad bar. And my mom had a ridiculously low limit on how much I could spend on my lunch card. Like it was enough to get a hot lunch without the second entree. And I was like, not enough food for me. So basically my choices were like get hot lunch and I could afford like maybe a second milk or get a la carte and I could basically only afford like a pack of cookies or something, (laughs) which is terrible for you or get salad bar and salad bar had no limit to how much food you could get. You could literally just pile your tray up with as much as you wanted to. So that's what I would do because I was so hungry and I just like forced myself to learn to like vegetables because it was the way I would get the most food. And it was funny, my friends would like make fun of me because they were sitting there with pizza and grandma's cookies and stuff on their tray. Like, huh, you have a salad, Tom. Wow. <laughs> well, maybe they'll listen to this That's and then they'll ironic. think a little differently. They'll send you an apology email. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you mentioned you plan your meals around a starch or some sort of carb source like that. Yeah. A protein source and a vegetable. Yes. That reminded me of what Stacy Artisan, who works for Nerd Fitness, does. And I think this is a cool system, so I wanted to talk about it. She does something that she calls choose your own adventure meals. Yeah. So I'm looking at this picture of her fridge on Instagram, and the top shelf is like all these Tupperware containers stacked up, and they all have some like pre-cooked amount of meat in there, either like pork, beef, or chicken. And then the middle row is uh, the starches, like you said. She's either got rice or sweet potato. So I think she's like... So she's got a bunch of choices in there then. sort of paleo. I don't know. What would you call it? Primal maybe? Because I don't think I don't, rice don't is... Something rice similar is to that. Paleo, but rice she doesn't is like, have so bored. Rice is like really borderline. Yeah. Especially okay. with white maybe, rice. Maybe primal. I don't really know. I don't... Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to not focus so hard on all those things because eventually... Eventually I went crazy researching... All sorts of diet oh information. Researching just, food is the worst. It is at the absolute worst. Literally any question you have. Are eggs good? There, there well, are. Oh, eggs are yeah. the devil. And also, they're <laughs> and the also best. also the savior of you mankind. Know, you, have, you have no idea. Flip a coin. Both sides have scientific evidence that they claim backs them. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Yeah, my advice, if, if you get into researching food at all, my advice is to ask yourself, what does my diet look like right now? Okay. Can I create something better than that within 15 minutes of research? And can I confidently say it's better than that? And if you are getting a good mix of starch, meat, and or not meat if you don't want to eat meat, yeah, uh, vegetables and fruits, or falafel or hummus or literally any, like it's going to be good enough. And hey, if you're in college and your friends want to eat pizza on Friday and drink beer or whatever, freaking do that, man. Yeah, do it. Don't ruin your weekend. I have a fun weekend. Yeah, you can you can I be healthy, scotch, you know? and that's that's a good point you make about being it being good enough. Yeah, you cannot have a perfect diet. People who mm-hmm. tr- try to achieve that, they have to like a they they can't. There's no such thing, and b they have to dedicate like their entire life to it. I don't want food to be my profession, my hobby, my relaxation, and my right. work. Like everything, it can't be my everything because we we eat to live mm-hmm. right yeah exactly so i mean good the, enough is good enough the phrase perfect is the enemy of good which applies to basically everything yeah. really applies here and um you, there's so there's this topic i have not yet made a video on and i want to and i don't know why i haven't 
Um, it's called the what the hell effect. And the what the hell effect is this kind of psychological effect. Uh, actually, you know what? I know why I didn't make a video on it because I, I ran across research that said it disproved it. So now there's <laughs> competing research, of course. <sighs> As always. So, well, it's just like food, right? Now, you have, <laughs> now I have, now you have right no idea. competing research for the show notes here. Um, but the what the hell effect ostensibly is uh, they studied people who are trying to lose weight and the ones who had a failure you know, like they maybe ate a piece of pizza when they weren't supposed to would basically say like, what the hell? Uh, I already failed. I'm just going to binge and do whatever the heck I want. And regardless of what the research says, I don't know if it's contradicting it. You know, if the one that debunked it, quote unquote, was right or not. I have experienced this in my life where I've told myself I'm not going to eat any cookies today. And then I eat one and I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to have you know, I'm calling this day a wash. I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care. Like, it's really easy to self-sabotage when you think that you've broken down your goal. So instead of framing your goal as I must be perfect, there must be no mistakes. Instead, frame your goal for your health as I want to have a general trend upward of eating better and better and just being good. Yeah. Yeah. And that trend, there's going to, that line's going to have ups and downs and ups and downs as long as mm -hmm. it continuously goes mostly up. You know, yeah. you're doing fine. Yeah, exactly. Especially in college. You, there's a lot of social stuff to do. There are limitations with what you can do depending on where you're living. There are plenty of things that you have to deal with right now. Yeah. So good enough is basically all you can ask for if you want to still be focusing on your social life or your studies or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going back to Stacy's uh, system, and we really went on a tangent there. Yeah. So she's got her starches, sweet potato or rice. And then the bottom, she has, um, uh, she's got like. Does she have pre-cooked vegetables? Okay, too, she or? says the bottom is fill the container of veggies. So it looks like it's broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and this picture. But she also has bags of fresh ones that she might throw in there. So like peppers, onions, stuff like that. Yeah. And then because it's all individually portioned out for each type. She'll just be like, I'm feeling rice with pork and veggies. And then she'll throw them all together. So she can kind of choose what she's feeling uh, at any given mealtime, microwave it up and it's ready to go. So like all the nutrients you need are there. It's pre-cooked because she bulk cooks. That's kind of awesome that there are so many choices though. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a cool thing to do because I, I know my friend, Sean, um, when I was in San Diego last he was telling me about how he used to bulk cook. And I think even he had some stuff on Instagram at one point where he's like, look guys, I'm, I'm cooking in bulk here. Uh, but now he lives in Dan downtown San Diego and he literally has a grocery store across the street from him. I'm <laughs> super jealous. Yeah. That like, sounds I'm amazing. Super jealous. Um, Cause I, I stayed with it or I didn't, I didn't stay with him, but I hung out with him one night and we just walked in there and got something to eat. And he was like, yeah, I usually go in here to get stuff to eat because I used to bulk cook, but I would get all my meals like ready for the week and I'd be good about eating them Monday, Tuesday, but then Wednesday rolled around and I was like bored of what I'd made and then I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it. So, so, well, this would solve that if yeah. you have, if you have some variety and bulk cooking, that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, on the tack of bulk cooking, what can people do to make food in bulk in advance? Like what are some kind of tactics for that? Well, I'd say... First off, this we're going to have to assume that you have a, a kitchen mm -hmm. for most bulk cooking since you're cooking. I mean, everything else you wouldn't yeah. need to do in bulk if you're just microwaving steamed vegetables. You don't need bulk for that. Mm -hmm. And we'll touch on but, dorm, dorm methods in a bit. 
because yeah. that is a thing. But yeah, but assuming you have a kitchen, uh, I would say that baking and slow cooking, and also having a rice cooker, are oh, yeah. are the things that I do to bulk cook. I use mm-hmm. rice to pad so many things, and you can make like a billion cups at once. But then you can slow cook or bake a good portion of meat or tofu or some sort of protein, maybe vegetables if you want them that way. I usually toss in vegetables. I like to saute those fresh, but yeah, I'm not very good at bulk vegetables yet. Slow cooking is like cooking on easy mode. I mean, literally throw some meat and some veggies and like some chicken stock and tomato paste in the slow cooker and let it go for eight hours. And uh, there's an entire subreddit for slow cooking, so... You know, it's kind of like just a really, it's as easy as the microwave. It's just Mm -hmm. slower. Yeah. I think what I found is for me, like the, one of the biggest roadblocks to cooking, number one is I don't have the ingredients. And because I have roommates, it's like sometimes hard to fit all the ingredients in the, in the fridge. But number two, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to cook and I don't have a set plan in my head. So there like a lot of decision fatigue comes into it where it's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to make a stir fry tonight or what. Yeah. You spend the next hour determining what you want to eat and then you're like, "Uh, you know what? It's late now. Yeah. I'm just going to get a pizza. (laughs) I give up. It does. I think it happened like yesterday. (laughs) Don't tell them that. It's it's too late. (laughs) It's too late now. Don't tell them that. It's to be fair. He was pressured. (laughs) I was pressured. I've been trying to get everything. Uh, oh, wait. How did you know about that? You weren't at the grocery store with us. I know everything, Tom. This was Anna's fault. It kind of was. Yeah. I was going to get a burrito bowl, and she's like, what if you got pizza instead? <laughs> hmm? What if you did? Yeah, I, I just actually, I have a live feed coming from your phone. Ooh. You have like one of those weird viruses in there? Yeah. Uh, it's okay. a good one. Well, that's creepy. But no creepier than I'm used to. So yeah. fair enough. Um, but yeah, if you if you're able to get stuff ready at the beginning of the week when you're not stressed out, hopefully, then a lot of that decision fatigue and tendency to go towards the pizza aisle is deleted because it's ready in the fridge. Just make it. Yeah, because you're more busy during the week. You've got homework. You've got tests to mm-hmm. think about. The other one I was going to mention was stir fries. Like this is the other easy mode cooking. Uh, and I have a stir fry slideshow that I was going to link to. Now, I will not claim that this stir fry is the best stir fry ever, but it's serviceable. It's like it's got eggs, it's got chicken, it's oh, got Could you say it's rice. good enough? It's good enough. I'm sure that you can make a better stir fry than I can. But does your stir fry slideshow have, oh my God, I didn't even look at this before. My stir fry slideshow has more views than my most viewed video. Wow. <laughs> well, then I would say that that stir fry is good enough. I would say it's good enough. Yeah, and I've got like pictures of the ingredients here. It's like, yeah, chicken, rice, spinach. I have some uh, some stir fry sauce. I just buy the pre-made stuff. Please don't make me hungry during Butter. this any more than I have Ooh, to be. Yeah. Well, hey, man, you're going to be done recording in like, I don't know, 20 minutes or something like that. And then you Fair can. Fair enough. So do that, why don't you? But yeah, stir fries are good. Um I really think that Reddit is an awesome place to get recipes if you're looking for stuff because people just, it's like normal people making it easy and you know what they don't do? They don't have those blogs where they tell like a freaking two hour long story about, I was down in the backwoods of Southern Georgia. I saw a squirrel and it inspired me. I was at my mother-in-law's house and we were taking a walk through the back creek and I saw a crawdad and I was like, "Mm, I could make a good gumbo. 
So anyway, I've got my gumbo recipe down at the bottom of this 10,000 word blog post. But first, let me tell you. About yeah. <laughs> and it's the worst because I'm always trying to look these things up in the grocery store. And then like there's a pop up that comes up on the website. It's the most frustrating thing ever. Oh, yeah. I hate, so, I hate it. Use Reddit to get your recipes. <laughs> no, there's actually there's a subreddit that I don't remember what it is right now, but I think it was specifically for like eating decently in college too. I'll have to. Oh, is it like, it, oh, what is it? It's it was, like good uh, cheap meals or something? I think so, maybe. Or something like that? I have it somewhere. Okay. I will find it somewhere. Oh, I promise it will be in the show Okay, notes. I found it. It's reddit.com slash r slash eat cheap and healthy. Oh, yep, yep. And it has, I got it right here. It's 300,000 subscribers almost. So if you go to eat cheap and healthy, you go to the top uh, lists, you will get like a ton of infographics on how to save money on food. You will get like a zillion recipes. Um, the top f- the number five one here says actual poor students cookbook. And they have some awesome recipes on there. And also just like some basic tips for staples. Like you can get a 10 pound bag of rice for $5. I didn't know that until I read this. Uh, and then like you can buy bullion cubes, which is really similar to the flavoring you get in ramen packets, except for it's better because it's not like a little packet of two bits of bullion that that reminds me weren't you reading something the other day i thought i saw something saying that by the way rice is actually cheaper than ramen you just have to try harder somebody was looking at what it said here is okay so it says uh the actual poor student cookbook starts with but ramen is cheap and then it's like no it's not ramen is only cheap if you're completely lazy oh so Uh, it was actually this resource i must have saw yeah, so it says a five-pound bag of rice will run you five to six dollars, which will last you fifty or so servings. So let's just take five dollars divided by fifty. That's ten cents. And how much does a ramen packet cost? Like twenty, twenty-five like 20? cents, I think. Yeah, you're right; it is cheaper. So yeah. Plus, I mean, and it's better. I saw this video once where they put a camera down someone's throat along with a bunch of ramen, and like those noodles don't get digested. <laughs> That's always reassuring i remain unconvinced that ramen is like food or maybe it's food but it's like it's like a real low tier food and i want to feel good from my food yeah like i just think like when you're not eating well you don't make the connection between how you feel and what you're eating but when you start eating healthy and you do it a little consistently it's really noticeable yeah it's weird like you don't realize I've been running at 80% capacity. What is it felt yeah. like a hundred percent the that's whole time. Cause that's all I had known, but then yep. there was an extra 20% and I didn't even know about it. Yeah. I'm just remembering how I felt when I was juicing that one year. I almost want to do it again. My mom has actually it's been telling me, idea. I don't know if I want to juice again. Cause I think juicing is kind of wasteful, but I may start blending vegetables again. Cause trisomite blending them in with fruit smoothies or just straight up vegetables. My mom just, Oh, I'm trying to think. Okay. What does she put in there? She does a bunch of vegetables. She might throw in a Granny Smith apple. I think she told me she does like one Granny Smith apple to give it a little bit of flavor. But she uh, hmm. she picked me up to go hang out one time like a few months ago. And she brought me a giant shaker bottle full of this juice shake or yeah, this vegetable blend shake. And it was, it was kind of tasteless to be honest. Like... It wasn't very strongly flavorful in any direction. So it was just kind of like this thing to drink 
Um, but I'm sure mm. I got was all it my like, servings that day. Was it like a more of a smooth, creamy thing or like liquid? Like it was like those was juices more of a smooth, you get in the store? It was more of a smooth cream. Yeah, it was nothing like a naked juice. It was much thicker than that. Interesting. Uh, it was almost like the consistency of applesauce, but colder and maybe a little more liquidy. That is, I'm very intrigued right now. Yeah, but I mean, it works out. So, I mean, you've got a blender, so maybe I'll just steal your blender. Right. Oh, that's pretty cool. And you, you get the juice and you get all the, the fiber and you get the whole thing. You're not just throwing away half of the food. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, so we've covered the cheap here. Eat cheap and healthy. You can get everything you need to know there. But really, like, rice is going to be a good staple. Um, honestly, even if you're buying vegetables, like staple vegetables, potatoes, onions, that kind of stuff, that's cheap. Yeah. Don't buy saffron. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that saffron's like worth more than gold by weight. Uh, I, I've never heard that, but if it's true, that's insane. And I also want some saffron. Oh, okay. I forgot to say this before, but if you have not watched Good Eats. With it, Alton Brown? Yeah, with Alton Brown. Have you watched that? I I think I've seen it when it was on. I it's, didn't put it on, but I've seen like half my, an episode or two. It's one of my favorite shows. It's like the Bill Nye of food. It's yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's the Bill Nye of food, and I think he actually got his inspiration from Bill Nye. Um, but he'll like break down the science of like here's why long grain rice is different than short grain rice. Here's the molecules inside it and everything. Um, he's got really cool recipes too. But like it's just the most entertaining food based show I've ever seen. So, and yes, it's more entertaining than the Great British Bake Off as much as Ashley might contradict me on that. <laughs> Uh, that show is amazing. Um, so we've got the cheap kind of down. What I wanted to touch on now is what do you do when you've got a meal plan? So you're basically already paying a fixed amount of money for your food, but you want to be healthier. Um, and actually, wait, Martin, you didn't really have a meal plan. I had, or, or uh, you had the, when I came to the apartment, I had a block meal plan. Right. So right. I had meals I could go get. Yeah, I had prepaid stuff, but I could also get groceries and supplement everything. But you mm-hmm. went you went through the dorm experience, yeah. probably had a few more limitations. My first two and a half years of college were meal plan only. Um, I was in a dorm, so I, I guess I could like have some snacks, but I had had no access to a kitchen. So what I would do to make uh, the meal plan healthier, because I was already paying honestly too much to deal with that was I would like look for the grilled chicken at the dining center. Uh, I would hit up the salad bar like every time. The salad bar was my staple there. They had hard boiled eggs there. So I could basically put like three eggs in my salad and make that ridiculously healthy. And uh, they also had stir fries and omelets. But one thing I would do is I'd go to each of the little sections because they, they had it like a food court set up. Basically, there was like a deli counter and like an American food counter and a Chinese food counter. And sometimes I'd be like, hey, can I have a burger patty, but no bun? And they would just like hand me the patty. So then I could just eat the meat, but not have to the bun as well. So you could ask for dismantled food. That's one way to go about it. But really the best way to save money and start eating healthier is probably to just not have a meal plan. Yeah, those are pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I know, I think the turnaround for you was definitely near the end of your meal plan days. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Be- because then I felt like I had to go get 
lazy burgers than ever anybody else did. Yep. When I was being healthy, it was You're because I had cooked something or purchased it myself. I yep. could have been healthy in the dining center, but I always went socially and made it fun, mm-hmm. which made it easy to justify, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's true. Probably not the best practice, but uh, we learn. Mm-hmm. So the other, the last uh, topic I wanted to cover that I know you can't cover is the dorm situation. Yeah, I don't even you, know you've never been in a dorm. what kind of things you're allowed to have in there. Yeah, so that's the first thing you got to do is you got to look at the rules and say like, can I have a pancake griddle in my dorm? Can I have a rice cooker? You know, if you're allowed to have a rice cooker uh, and you have a microwave, that opens up a lot of possibilities. Um, almost every dorm will let you have microwaves. And some dorms have kitchens available. So if that's a thing you have oh, access awesome. to, that's pretty cool. Um, if you can get to a stove in the sink, you're good there. If not... Your microwave is your best option, and you can do like frozen chicken breast in the microwave. There are egg recipes in the microwave. Uh, Get those steamer bags, and then also maybe get a blender or something. But I doubt many people are in a situation where they have no meal plan and have no kitchen access. And if you're in that kind of situation, you need to get out. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not that advisable of a situation. You can make do. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of different things you can do that are decent in a microwave, but it's just not preferable if you want to have the cheapest and healthiest. Yeah. So that's probably good for food. And definitely, um, I'm going to say, like, for anyone who's not, like, clear on their direction yet, check out those links in the show notes, um, which I didn't tell you where to go, but they I will tell you where to go at the end of the episode. The one thing that we haven't touched on is drinks. Yes. Which is like a ridiculous easy That's source a of calories, huge source like terrible of calories. calories a lot. So people drink like 30 Mountain Dews in a day. Yeah. Uh which reminds me Martin. I seem to recall you drank something so disgusting, so off-putting and so oh, horrendous no. <laughs> that you have to talk about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to run from this memory actually. Um all right. Well, once upon a time uh, my good friend Clyde and I, <laughs> and I think there were a few other people there. I think Will might have been there. But this memory is so disgusting, I've blocked most of it out. I had a theory. Okay, at places like McDonald's, which I ate all the time because I was young and thought I was invincible and whatnot, I had dipped fries in milkshakes. Tasted good. I dipped chicken nuggets in milkshakes. Tasted good. So then I posited, what if... I blended the chicken with the shake. What would happen then? Chicken ice cream. Would it be savory and sweet at the same time? The answer to that question is no. So we we went to the drive-thru. We literally asked for a chicken McFlurry, which, of course, was not on the menu. Not a very good question. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny that the person at the, at the register, they didn't just real say that's a dumb question what's wrong with you they actually tried to sell us on an oreo one like we don't we don't have a chicken mcflurry but we do have an oreo mcflurry like that's an alternative to chicken if you don't want chicken you might want oreos that's close right that's close enough it's not even slightly close maybe it is close maybe the chicken oh maybe maybe that's the secret i guess i don't know that is the secret they were telling me something crack the code anyway we just ordered a vanilla shake and some chicken nuggets and we took them back to Clyde's house where we then blended them together against all laws of nature. 
And let me tell you, some weird things happened to that <laughs> delicious chicken that I was hoping it would be. The chicken, it ended up being kind of a pinkish hue in the in the blender. Some sort of weird pinkish, Ugh. gross, not like strawberry flavoring pinkish, but like a weird gross looking pinkish that you shouldn't have in your ice cream. And it no longer smelled like either ice cream or chicken. It started smelling almost rubbery, as if the chicken had stopped trying to pretend it was chicken. It was like it revealed its true form in the blender and became this (laughs) really disgusting smelling rubbery pink ice cream mess. Insert Frieza joke here. Yeah. (laughs) You haven't even seen my final form. It's disgusting. So you're gonna see the final form in a few hours. Yeah, against all, uh, <laughs> against any recommendation from anyone, we tried it anyway. And while I do think you could eventually acquire it as an acquired taste, I would not recommend that you try to do so. It was not good. That's an acquired taste, like like those people on My Strange Addiction having yeah, I, acquired I think you tastes could, for couch cushions. I think you could make yourself get through it enough that it would be okay. But the smell is so powerful that it's just not, it's not even slightly worth it. Also, you're going to die a very early death if you get addicted to this food. So just don't, true. don't try it. It's bad. Uh, so that's, at least that's, it was a story, I guess. That's like rock bottom. Yeah. That's, like there's nowhere okay, so what lower is the worst you can food go you from there. Eat? That is, that's it. Unless you're like drinking gasoline or something. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy needs his juice. <laughs> can I get a squirt? Shout out to Eric Andre. <laughs> that is the funniest show I've ever seen. Uh, okay, so I would say it's probably easy to not drink that. Yeah, okay. So what are some good drinks that we could have that are not chicken shakes? Yeah, because um, I've never drank a chicken shake before. <laughs> Thank God I haven't. But first, uh, the first, like, I would say six weeks of freshman year. And then again, when I was at my internship uh, at the big office building, uh, financial company, I was addicted to energy drinks. Like I would buy literally like four Monster Energy or NOS like a day. It's like a heart attack in a can. It was really bad. Yeah. And actually, I remember on Twitter, uh, I one time tweeted like I really need to break my addiction of these and somebody was like nah man just keep drinking them as long as you want to have an irregular heartbeat in 10 years and I was like ooh that sounds fun that's not fun but yeah I so I was like addicted to them and it wasn't really even for the energy like maybe that was part of it but it was one for the taste which seems weird because now I think they taste disgusting Uh, but two it was for just like the novelty because especially when I was in my internship, it was like I'd wake up at 5 a.m. and I just had this knowledge like I'm going to go into that office in an hour and I'm going to be there for 11 hours in a gray cubicle in a boxy, gray, dingy office building doing this work. And my brain was like just begging for some little reward, little thing to, I don't know, add some color or some excitement to the day. So something more entertaining than water. Yeah. So off I go to, uh, the, whatever that little company vending place is, And I buy a uh, NOS or, you know, or I buy a whatever amp or whatever it is. And I think this is why people snack at their desk a lot too. Like it's such an easy habit to get into. Cause you're like, I'm bored. 
I'll buy a bag of M&Ms and put them in my desk. Uh, I never yeah. had M&Ms in my desk, but I had the monster and the, the NOS and all that kind of stuff. So this persisted in college. I knew I shouldn't have been drinking them. And every single time it was like, it was like straight up signs of addiction. Cause every time I'd be like, I could break the habit if I wanted to, this will be the last one I get. And then the next day I'd have another one, but that no, trust me, bro. That's the last one. So what I ended up doing was, uh, you actually showed me this. There's a, there's like a sparkling water. It's like carbonated water. Yeah. Called LaCroix. And I think you would actually pronounce it LaCroix. It means the cross, but whatever. It's not important right now. Okay. Um, and Anna had shown me San Pellegrino before that, but she had gotten me like the unflavored version. And I was like, this is just bubbly water. This isn't good. But LaCroix has like a zillion different flavors. And I found a few that I liked well enough. Now it's a pretty like low key flavor. It's not like a punch you in the face flavor, like a soda. It's like very like light. Um, It's kind of an acquired taste, but it was enough of like an interesting thing for me. It was like, oh, this is fizzy and it has a flavor, even though it has no calories and almost like no harmful thing at all in it. Uh, And I just drank those like whenever I wanted any drink, I would just drink one of those and I totally... 100% 100% cut out energy drinks and soda like one fell swoop. So it's like cool because all it does is, oh no, I'm, I accidentally hydrated because I was bored. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I actually wrote a post about good. it once and like, I guess like some researcher, some like marketing researcher wanted to interview me about LaCroix brand awareness because I had written that post. Were they from the company or? I think they were like else? an independent researcher that may have been hired by the company or something. That's interesting. But yeah, I apparently am cool enough to hmm. to give my thoughts on LaCroix's branding. Uh, I don't think I was very helpful to them because they were like, do you follow LaCroix on social media? How did you find out about them? I was like, my, I don't, my friend told me. I don't normally, <laughs> yeah, and I only found it because I went to hipster co-ops. I don't, I don't follow yeah. water on Social media. Why don't you follow water on because, social media? Come on, because man. I should do something with my life rather than follow water on social media. No yeah. offense, water. You've no, got some great updates, on. I'm sure. Dude, I just, I just want to interact with more brands. You know, that's true. It makes social media feel so much more <laughs> real to me when I'm talking to brands and not my friends. Yeah, yay brands. So I actually don't drink Lacroix anymore. Um, I basically drink nothing but tea i have like a latte most days um i don't usually drink like straight coffee but i do like a latte and then water and various alcoholic beverages uh in moderation because i am of age for that that's basically it for me and that's pretty yeah, much that's, the same for you right? that's basically what i drink too is just a lot of tea and water occasional mm-hmm. sparkling water i do like soy milk on occasion but it's not oh, like, yeah it's not like my too. Yeah, it's not like my main thing, and I don't just drink it out of habit. Yeah, but, uh, I don't also, generally drink like a glass of milk usually, but I'll put like milk in my like tea in or something. something. Yep. Yeah, and occasionally have a glass of milk. But. but you mentioned that in addition to the fact that people will drink, they'll drink things kind of out of boredom to entertain themselves. You mentioned the whole M and M's things, mm-hmm. and I just want to point out that there are some good snack options too if you're just gonna mindlessly eat things. Okay. So that is where I tend to get my fruit. My brain goes to almonds and fruit. Yeah, Yeah. nuts and fruit. I do also like, if you get um, 
70 to 80 or higher dark chocolate percentage dark percentage dark oh yeah it's it can actually be really good for you the chocolate i have in there i melt on my oatmeal Mm -hmm. in the morning and it's like a huge source of iron it's like i'm basically just doing a mildly chocolate flavored iron vitamin yeah you get the icelandic chocolate right it is sometimes I can only get that at Whole Foods right now, so oh, okay. I don't I don't always get it. Yeah. The other chocolate that I've been buying, I think it's Belgian. But okay. in in like a fifth or a fourth or a sixth or something like that of the bar, there's forty to fifty percent of your daily needs for iron. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting like a fifteen, fifteen, twenty percent vitamin when I just put a tiny bit into my oatmeal. Sweet. So there are snacks that are good for you. And the dark chocolate's a little bit sweet. Nuts aren't necessarily sweet, but they're filling in a different way. And fruit is sweet, so those can help you. Like, little sweet things like that maybe will help you replace candy and other ridiculous sources of sugar. Yeah, and I'm going to say the best way to avoid that stuff is just, like, straight up do not have it in where you yeah. live. Uh, or, so what I do, uh, <laughs> I almost don't want to tell this story, but oh, I like ice cream. Oh, yes. You do like ice cream, don't <laughs> you, Tom? And one time, I didn't have any ice cream in the fridge, but Anna did. I love and this. she was out of town. I love this story. So my brain goes, I'm going to eat that ice cream, but I'm going to go to the store tomorrow, and I'm going to buy <laughs> her a replacement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how'd that, how'd that work out for you? So I, so I eat her ice cream, and then... She gets back a day earlier or something like that. And I go, oh, my God. Uh-oh. So I run to the gas station. Didn't have time to go to the grocery store. And I'm like, all right, I know they have Hagen dots here, but they didn't have the right flavor. Yeah. So I had to buy her Ben and Jerry's. And I was just like, she probably won't notice. Yeah, yeah of course she, she, she noticed. Did. You bought the wrong oh, brand. She noticed. You didn't even, it wasn't even sneaky. <laughs> so she has given me crap about that ever since. Uh, the silver lining to this, though, is like, I will now never eat Anna's ice cream. So when I want ice cream at the store, I'll tell her to buy it. So like I can only eat it when she's like, Oh, like if she shares a little bit ice cream. Yeah. But But otherwise I'll wake up in the morning and eat it like for breakfast. Like I'm waiting for my pan to warm up and I'm like, but Tom, it's ice cream. It's a dairy. I think that means it's good for you. It's true. Yeah. It's got eggs and milk. That's nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't give yourself access to bad food. <laughs> Maybe go out and eat it, you know, when you're away from your house or something. Yeah, if you can keep some, like, mildly healthy replacements around for when you do just mindlessly want to eat something, mm-hmm. then you'll slowly maybe trick yourself into preferring the mildly healthier replacements for things. Yep. Cool. Well, I think we covered it pretty well. Um there are a lot of links in the show notes to extra resources on Reddit. There is a post on nerd fitness that I wrote a few years ago that was about how to stay healthy in college. And I'll have my slideshow for my stir fry linked up. I've got all kinds of stuff that I have linked up in there. So check them out over at CIGpodcast.com. That's the uh, general podcast listing page. So if you find the episode 103 link on that page, you will find all those links. And also you will find ways to rate and review the show on iTunes. If you would like to support us, uh, that helps drive it up the rankings in iTunes. It basically tells iTunes, hey, people listen to this. Maybe more should. And we appreciate it if you do that. So uh, 
if you do, awesome. Thank you. If not, it's totally cool too. And until next week, stay cute. Thanks for listening.